Well, I think I'd like to turn my attention to the Word of God. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. And because of the wonders of technology, if you'll direct your attention to the screens, you'll be able to follow the Word as I read it out loud. This is what the Word of the Lord says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then... One of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. He said, Go. And tell this people, be ever hearing but never understanding, be ever seeing but never perceiving. Make the heart of this people calloused, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, O Lord? And he answered, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remain in the land, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak leaf stumps, when they are cut down, so... The holy seed will be the stump in the land. This is the word of God. And we're thankful. Amen? I want to preach this morning from the theme, Mission Impossible. you to do anything that seemed impossible. I'm talking knee-knocking, nail-biting, 
cliff-hanging impossible. The kind of stuff that makes you feel like you're going to sit on the edge of your seat. Adventurous, suspenseful, dangerous. I have come to find that God is a wild lover. And that God will get us on the edge of our seats more times than we think. And so if you're here this morning and your Christian walk is kind of ho-hum, lackluster, dull, boring, been there, done that, I'd ask you to reinvestigate Jesus. Check him out again because the God of the Bible is not scared. Amen. The God of the Bible is much more powerful, much more suspenseful, much more adventurous than we give God credit for. Amen. Amen. I'd say if you're following someone who doesn't get you on the edge of your seat, check out your discipleship because the God of the Bible will make you bite your nails every now and then. Amen. 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 Now, I don't know where it was where you said yes to God. I don't know where it was where you signed up for the impossible and didn't realize what you were getting into. I don't know if you were at a youth group or you came to a revival meeting or you were in a worship service and it just got hot in there. God was moving and it was undeniable and you felt God move on your heart and you raised your hand and you said, just as I am without one plea, here I am, God. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say it, God. You you can use my life. You can take my life. Yes, Lord. Anybody ever told God yes? Yeah. Parenthetically, you can say amen wherever you feel moved, all right? It doesn't bother me. Amen. <laughs> you can just say preach it. It helps me out. Say <laughs> it helps me. Isaiah was in church. He was in the temple when God called him to the impossible. He said, yes, Lord. He said unabandonedly, yes, unequivocally, yes. He said yes, unreservedly to God. He came to the temple just like he had done many, many, many times before. At the writing of Isaiah chapter 6, Isaiah's already a priest. He's already done the church thing. He's a minister for goodness sake. He knows how to come back and forth to the temple. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows when you stand up. He knows when you clap. He knows when you sit down. He knows when you're supposed to greet your neighbor. He's got church just like us, down pat. But something unusual happens for Isaiah this day. This day is unlike other days. This day, God invades uh, his experience in worship. Something happens that's unusual. I don't know why this day is different for him. I'm not sure how his heart got opened to the Almighty in a way that it hadn't been before. But this day, when the incense rose up, Isaiah looked up and he saw God high and exalted and the train of his robe filled the temple with glory and the whole earth was filled and he was overwhelmed by what he saw and what he heard he saw the angels who attend the throne of god crying back and forth to each other antiphonally declaring the awesomeness of god saying holy 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 is the lord god of hosts and because it is never not true they couldn't stop saying it holy 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 is the lord god of host yes we agree we agree he's holy 
set apart, other different. God is holy. And at the sound of the intensity of the praise of God's people, at the sound of the intensity of the angels of, around the throne of God, at the sound of God being magnified in that way, the doorpost shook. And the house, the temple was filled with smoke. There was a physical manifestation of the presence of God. Now, I know we think that's just junk. I don't think we expect to see God show up in our meetings anymore. But there are times where the people of God bring their praises and their worship together in such a way that we magnify, amen, we intensify God's presence in a place. Do you know that that's what we can do as the body of Christ? Amen. We can magnify God together. When I was a child, my brothers and I used to play with magnifying glasses. We had this interesting habit of liking to see things burned up. So we would get our magnifying glass. I wasn't alone. I can tell there was someone else who did it. And so we would get our magnifying glass and we would get old leaves or pieces of paper, right? And we would take our magnifying glass and we would hold it over the object that we were trying to consume. And if we would direct just finely so the sunlight directly through our magnifying glass and hold it there long enough, what would happen? We would burn up that piece of paper or that leaf because the magnifying glass would intensify the rays of the sun and the effect would be a consuming fire. That's exactly what it is when we magnify God. That's why the psalmist says, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let's exalt his name together. Let's intensify the presence of God in this place. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's intensify the rays of the S-O-N so that he can become a consuming fire. I feel like preaching. <laughs> So that he can become a consuming fire in the house of God. So that without an altar call, somebody sitting right next to you will say like Isaiah, Woe is me! I'm undone! Nobody gave an altar call for that man. Nobody said, Yo man, you ought to get your life together. Nobody said, You know, you got a dirty mouth. Just because of the praise and the worship. Transformation is about to happen. And that's what's supposed to happen when we gather in here. We're supposed to magnify God to such a degree that people sitting in the room have to re-examine their lives, saint and sinner alike. Ah, oh, God. And they've got to say, my God, I see God in a new way. God has been exalted in this place. And I can't stand now uh, arrogantly before God. I've got to re-examine who I am. I've got to look at my life with a deeper reflection. He says, woe is me. I know I'm a priest, but I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst the people who are just like me. He's saying a lot here, people of God. He's saying more than I curse every now and then and say, say bad things. The Bible declares that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I believe that when Isaiah says, I'm a man of unclean lips, he's really confessing the condition of his heart. He's really saying, I say what I say because it's in my heart. I know I try to pre present myself as a loving, caring, altruistic, giving person, but the truth is if you listen to me long enough, 
it will reveal what's really in my heart. And not only me, God, I identify with all the people who are just like me. I'm a product of my generation. I've been socialized to feel like this and to think like this and believe like this. And that's why we all talk like this. That's why we tell the jokes we tell. That's why we say what we say about other people. That's why we declare the things we say behind closed doors. We all believe this in our hearts, God. And I don't stand apart from these people. I don't exempt myself from these people. I identify with these people. I stand proxy for us all. We are undone and we need God. Hallelujah. And God loves it when we come clean. God loves it when we confess. God loves it when we don't make excuses for ourselves. And so God immediately dispatches an angel from the altar with a hot coal in his hand. Now, right there, all of us should cringe and say, ouch. Because oftentimes, this hot, cold thought that God's going to purge and God's going to cleanse and God's going to respond to my confession of sin with hot, cold, I don't like that. I don't like thinking about that. Oftentimes, we're told that if it's hot and if it hurts, it didn't come from God. Amen. We're socialized to think that it's got to be comfortable when it comes from God, palatable when it comes from God. It's not hot coal from the altar. We think the hot coal stuff comes from hell. But I'm here to tell you that I'm learning that sometimes when the heat gets turned up in our lives, it's not the devil that's doing it. It's God Almighty. Amen. Sometimes when we're sweating and sometimes when it's hard and sometimes when it's hot, sometimes when it hurts, it's God trying to purify our lives. And our temptation is to get out of it. Our temptation is to bail. Our temptation is to jump out of it. We've got a saying that says, if you can't stand the heat, get out the kitchen. Well, I beg to differ. Sometimes when you can't stand the heat, you ought to just get a fan. Do the best you can. <laughs> Wipe your brow, try to fan your face, do the best you can, but hang in there. Don't you dare get out. Don't you dare quit. God's trying to purify your life. That's why I love the song we sing sometimes when it says, purify my life. Purify my heart. Make me be as gold, as precious silver. Purify my heart. Make me be as gold, as pure gold. Refiner's fire. My heart's one desire is to be holy, not perfect, holy, set apart for you, Lord. I choose to be holy, set apart for you, my master, ready to do your will. And that's exactly where Isaiah finds himself now. He's ready to do God's will. So when he overhears God talking with God's self, how deep is that? He hears God asking what I think just might be a rhetorical question. Whom shall we send and who will go for us? There's only one guy in this vision. So I'm not sure there's a lot of people who could respond. But Isaiah is fired up. He has had his life touched by almighty God. Tears are streaming down his face. He's saying, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. If you can use anything, you can use me. I'll go, I'll do it. I'll say what you want me to say. Here am I, send, send me. And then 
unbeknownst to Isaiah and almost inaudible to us, the music starts to play from the soundtrack. He doesn't know that he's just signed up for something that's going to be more dangerous, more suspenseful than he thought. Amen. Under it all, he can hear slowly starting to build the suspenseful sound of the Mission Impossible soundtrack. <laughs> he's about to enter into the unknown. He's about to enter into the cliffhanging. He's about to enter into the knee-knocking, nail-biting experience of following God. Hallelujah. I feel God now doing God's will, saying yes to God, following a wild God, a God who's about to do the impossible in the earth through him. God says, Isaiah, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to go and say to this people, keep on hearing but never understanding. Keep on seeing but never really perceive it. Keep on hearing, keep on seeing, but you're never gonna get it. I want you to preach to these people in season and out of season. I want you to give them the best word that I give you. Every time you open your mouth, I want you to prophesy. Everything I put in your mouth, I want you to give it to them. Don't you spare one thing. Don't hold back one thing. They're not going to want to hear you, by the way. Oh, no. They're not going to want to listen to you. They're going to hate seeing you come. Amen. He says, you're going to preach to them so consistently that they're going to get tired of hearing you. They're not going to do anything they hear. Oh, no. In fact, they're going to hear you so much that they're going to become calloused. Amen. That's your, that's your assignment. That's your job. Yeah. Preach your guts out. Give your whole life. Yeah, be a prophet to people who don't want to see you coming. Now, I ask you, who wants that job? <laughs> Is that not mission? Impossible. Impossible? We don't sign up for stuff like that. He's in this thing. He's already said yes. He raised his hand. He said, yeah, Lord, here am I. Send me. And so have we. We told God we wanted to be Christians. We told God that we wanted to be like him. That's what we told God. We told God that we wanted to be citizens of the kingdom. That's what we told God. Yes. We signed up. I don't know where you were when you told him yes, but you said yes. And it's too late to renege. We're in. And our mission is just as seemingly impossible as Isaiah's. It's an interesting thing that we've been called to do. And it's a hard thing that we've been called to do. Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to convince a world that God's kingdom is a reality. Amen. We're supposed to get people to believe that what God said is true. Amen. We're supposed to get people to believe that this kingdom place that we're supposed to be citizens of is not a figment of our imagination. Yes, this place where we study war no more, we're supposed to convince a world that that's possible. 
We're supposed to convince people who have never seen it happen that people of different races and different ethnicities, different nationalities and different language groups, every tribe and every nation can get together as believers. <laughs> and worship God together. We're supposed to get people to believe that. Now I ask you, is that not mission impossible? Just look at most of our churches. People don't believe us because they don't see us do it. And if we could tell the truth, we're not sure it's possible ourselves. That's why we stop trying. We hear it, we read it, we conceptualize it, but we're afraid to do it. Come on now. That's not possible really, is it? Isaiah is supposed to preach a message that's unpopular. And the message of the kingdom is as unpopular as the message that Isaiah was given. It's interesting to me what young people think about the church because there's a falling away. Did you know that? Yep. One young woman wrote an article. Her name is Sarah Henlicky, and the article is called Talking to Generation X. And she kind of sums up the apathy and the cynicism that many young people feel about church. She said this, and I quote, we can't even imagine a world of national or cultural unity. Our world is more like a tattered patchwork quilt. We have every inconsequential thing that you can imagine. Nintendo 64, cell phones, home pages. But we don't have one important thing to believe in. And we're supposed to convince Sarah and her generation, who's never seen it modeled, that it's possible. I was reading a book not long ago, and the book is called The Spirituality of Reconciliation, written by a Catholic priest, Dr. Robert Schreider, and he captures some of the apathy and the fear that even we feel. I want to read a few things to you. He says, people will lose interest in reconciliation programs and become cynical about the possibility of ever achieving their goal. People will want to get on with their lives. At this point, many may question whether reconciliation is even worth the effort. Have you been there, done that? Amen. Yeah. Amen. You took two steps forward and one step forward and two steps backwards and you start feeling, can it happen, God? We tried. We gave money to it. We volunteered for it. I tried to invite my neighbor to church. I gave at the office. I did the thing overseas. And God, I'm tired. I'm starting to wonder if this can really happen. I've heard Greg preaching about it. I've heard him talking about it. I've heard the vision for it. But Lord, I'm ready to get on with my life because I'm not sure it's possible. Amen. And that's why we get to the place that Isaiah found himself. After you've signed up and you said yes to God and you can't back out, the only question left for us to ask is what Isaiah asked God. And he said, how long, oh Lord? Now exactly, <laughs> exactly how long <laughs> are we going to be doing this? 
before we get to go back to church as usual, life as we knew it, how long do we keep stretching ourselves to do what doesn't seem possible to do? How, how long, God? What do you think? Another year or two? I got about a month left in me, God. I, I don't know. I'm right behind the, I'm right behind the other guy. I'm, I'm almost out of here. Now, right there, God's supposed to encourage our hearts. He's already told us people aren't going to listen to us. He already told us they're going to hate seeing us come. He already told us that he's going to put his word in our mouth and people aren't going to receive it. <clears throat> in fact, he says that their hearts are going to be calloused, that the more you preach it, the less they're going to receive it. And at some point, their hearts are going to become hard to the, to, to the, to the issue. They're not even going to want to hear you prophesy anymore. Now, that's hard to say. So right now would be a great place for a little refreshing word. Not long, son. Just a little while longer and deliver us, draw us nigh. Something cute like that. <laughs> But not God, full of truth, God says. Until inhabitants, until the city is lied waste and all the inhabitants are driven far, far away, until there's nobody left, until there's nothing left but a stump. Now I ask you, who wants to be a part of the stump ministry? Yes, yes, who wants to be a part of watching something decline and not grow? He's basically saying, you're going to keep preaching my word until people start leaving. Yes, you've probably seen it start happening already. Oh, yeah, they'll yank their kids out of the youth program. Yeah, they'll stop coming to the worship stuff. Oh, yeah, don't, don't, they, you know, they're going to start leaving little by little. Their little fingers will go up as they leave out of the church. That's how we leave in the black church. We leave like this. Oh, yeah, people are, gonna, people are just going to leave. Yeah, they'll, and then when they leave, they yank their money. You know, they'll stop giving. Oh, Isaiah, man, before it's all over, it's going to be nothing left here but a stump. Yeah, just a remnant, just a little group of people who really, really, really believe we're going to separate the men from the boys in this group. You're gonna, uh, we're going to separate the girls from the women. We're going to know who's really on the Lord's side. Now, at that point, God says something very interesting and curious. The first time I read it, I said, huh? God says this, the holy seed is its stump. That even like an oak tree or a terebinth that gets cut down and leaves a stump, he says that the holy seed will be its stump. Now, the interesting thing about a stump is that when you cut a tree down, that's the end of the process. It represents death. But God is saying something important for us to hear today in Woodland Hills Church. He's saying this, when you see a stump, I see a seed. When you see the end of a process, I see the beginning of a process. When you see death, I see life. When you see impossibility, I see extreme possibility. Hallelujah, what you see is not what I see. Your perspective is not my perspective. In fact, I leave the stump there just to let you know that I'm going to do something right here with what seems impossible to you. Don't count me out, says God. My husband and I, <laughs> amen, all right. Give God praise. It's a good thing. My husband and I cut off a tree in our backyard. It was overgrown, hanging over some power lines, so we had it cut down. And we have a stump in our backyard. And my husband mentioned to me not long ago that I should go out and look at it because growth, life, greenery was growing around the stump. I was shocked. I was surprised. I still go and look at it to just see how this is happening. And God is saying, don't think that I can't do the impossible. 
Don't think that I'm not able. In fact, this stump is a reminder that I'm going to do something. It's like an advertisement or a billboard, if you will. Whenever there is a Kmart or a Walmart or something that's going to be built in our communities, generally it's preceded by a billboard. Am I right? And on that billboard, there's at the top of the billboard wonderful big letters that say something like coming soon, exclamation point. And then under that, there's a picture. Yes, a wonderful picture with great specificity. It's generally a sunny day. Yes, and yes. And it shows you what that building's going to look like, what that Kmart or what that Walmart or whatever is going to look like. And if you look carefully, it's not a dinky picture. No, it has landscaping on the, on the drawing, little trees. Have you noticed? Yeah. And, and there'll be a parking lot with little cars right in the parking lot. Yeah. And if you really pay attention, you might see a person with a cart pushing up to the Walmart. Yeah. They're telling you something there. And then, and then, and then the, the bold thing, the bodacious thing, the audacious thing is that they actually have at the bottom of some of those billboards, these words, now hiring. Now, what makes it so audacious is that behind the billboard, there's generally absolutely nothing. I'm talking dirt, mud, a big hole in the ground. But you wouldn't know that by looking at the picture. The reality and the vision don't match up. But they are bold enough to say to you, don't be moved by what you see. Don't count us out. Don't you dare declare what we're able to do based upon what's going on behind here. If you could see what we see, if you knew what we knew, you'd put your application in right now. If you could see with the eyes of faith, you would submit your application now because we are hiring not later. We're hiring now. We're not waiting for the reality. We're hiring now. God wants me to tell you that if Walmart can do what they say they will do, how much more can God? Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Glory. Yes, 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 yes. I don't care what we see. I don't care what our reality is. I don't care how much it looks like a stump. God declares that the kingdom of God will come on earth as it is in heaven, and it is so. God doesn't start anything that God hasn't already finished. And he's just wondering if there's any agents in the house who have the eyes of faith to submit their application now. Glory to God. I wish there was some faith in the house. I wish there were some people who would take God at God's word and say, I'm scared to death. I'm biting my nails. My knees are knocking, but I believe that God is able to do what God says God will do. God says that there will be a kingdom made up of believers who worship God together, who are made up of every language and every nationality and every ethnicity on the face of the earth. And I submit my application to be a part of that kingdom right now. <laughs> I bless the Lord. Let me close with this. Lord, have mercy. I was reading the Bible this morning to get ready to be with you, and I ran across Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, and this is what Jesus says. Jesus looked at them and said, with people, this is impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. Stand to your feet. Come on, let's give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Worship you for who you are. Blessings and honor and power and dominion be to our God forever and ever. Amen.
Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I love the praise of God's people. It's a powerful thing when we praise God. Let's pray and invite some people to become agents of the kingdom of God. Would you bow your heads, please, all over the auditorium? all over the sanctuary, heads bowed, hearts open, to hear how God wants you to respond to this message. Perhaps you're here today and you're not a Christian, you're not a believer, you've not given Jesus your life, you've not pledged your allegiance to the kingdom of God. You've never even heard anybody tell you that there was another reality. You're like the girl that I mentioned in my sermon, Sarah, who doesn't believe it's possible. God wants you to become a believer. God wants you to become a believer a person who believes that God is able to make this world better, starting with your life. So if you're here this morning and you've never given Jesus your life and you'd love someone to pray with you and introduce you to the God who can change your life and give you a vision and a mission and something worth living for, I charge you and challenge you and invite you, raise your hand, identify yourself, it's scary. It's a bold step, God bless you, but it's the best step in the world you'll take. If you've never given Christ your life, the first time you're saying yes, and you wanna sign up to become a person who follows Jesus Christ, would you raise your hand? You'll need to raise it high because the auditorium is large and I'll need to look hard to see you. Over to my right, there's a cross and a table and after we're finished with this service, if you'll come directly there, we'll wait for you over there. Someone will meet you, talk to you about what it really is to give your life to Christ and get you started on the path of following Jesus. Amen? For all of us in here who have already made that decision to follow Jesus and who are members of Woodland Hills Church, I wonder if today God has spoken to anybody's heart through the Word of God. I wonder if your Christian life has become too predictable and if you need to get on the edge with God again. My brother, are you calling the shots in your own life and is it time for Jesus to become Lord? Are you not involved in this church in a way that would help the vision become a reality and God is telling you get in the game? Is there someone here whose hope has been dashed and you need to re-enlist and sign up again? I want to pray for you before I go. And so I invite you now, if those categories fit you, if you sense that you're supposed to be a kingdom agent, an agent of reconciliation in the earth, even though it seems impossible, and you're tired, and you've tried it before, and God is telling you, try it again. And you today want to unequivocally say, God, I'm scared, but the answer is yes. All over the building, if there are people who are ready to submit their application to the kingdom of God, to be agents of what God is wanting to do in and through us, would you raise your hand in this church? Don't raise it easily or lightly, because God's going to call on you just like he called on Isaiah. So think about it and then raise it high, because you're about to have the adventure of a lifetime. <laughs> it's going to be a blast, I'm telling you. It is going to be an absolute blast. At the end of the day, you're going to be so thankful that you had that much meaning and that much purpose in your life. Who else am I praying for? I can feel it. God bless you. Yes, there are a few people still thinking about it, and I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. No matter how many hands are raised, yours not. 
Don't count yourself out because you think you're too old. Don't count yourself out because, amen, God bless you. God is saying, I'm going to do a work in this earth, and I'm going to do it through unlikely people. I don't need a big crowd. I just need a committed few. Who else am I praying for? Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Lord God, I pray for the people of God. Derek, honey, would you please join me as I pray for them? I loose my faith in this place in the name of Jesus. And I believe that power, and I hear the word authority, is going to be reigned on these people. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to open doors for them, Lord God, that no one can shut. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to give them access to places that they've been trying to have access to and haven't been able to get to on their own. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Thank you for favor that rests on these people. Thank you, Lord God, that you're going to open doors for them and give them favor, Lord God, in ways that will defy their imaginations. I thank you that you are restoring hope to this congregation. Thank you, Lord God, that you're giving them a second wind in the spirit. And I bless you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, God, I deploy these people to be your agents of the kingdom of God. Thank you that they go to the north, south, east, and west, declaring the awesomeness and the glory of God, the power and the presence of the kingdom be on you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, amen. It is so. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace and serve God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.